1: UK Tech Weekly podcast. Hello, and welcome to the UK Tech Weekly podcast. This week I'm joined by two guests to talk about two things. Uh, first off, we're going to be talking about a bunch of American cowboys who are just out for your cash. And then we're going to be talking about the bit most popular game of the year, Red Dead Redemption.
2: <laughs>
1: first off, I'm joined by uh, the editor of Digital Arts, Neil Bennett. Hello. And I'm joined by the games editor at Tech Advisor, Lewis Painter. Hello. Uh, Neil, as my uh, slightly left-field joke might have hinted at, we're going to be talking about Apple. They had an event last week in New York to announce uh, a range of things, but mostly the iPad, you say. What was announced um, at the event last week?
3: Yeah, so I was over there in New York uh, at the Brooklyn Academy of Music where, to great fanfare, Apple released a new iPad Pro uh, alongside a MacBook Air and a, a new Mac Mini. Uh, And topped it all off with a uh, rude word free performance by the singer Lana Del Rey. Who uh, was a kind of odd choice because she couldn't mention the uh, album with her new title because it's got a swear word in it and had to change the name and main line of her next single, Venice Bitch, to uh, Venice Chick, which weirdly killed the main play on words in that thing anyway. So, <laughs>
1: so Apple or, radio edited Lana Del Rey for their own event?
3: Yeah, it's kind of an. Yeah. Just I mean, get Bruno
1: Mars in. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Just get Cliff Richard in them. If you want to play it completely safe, I mean, you know, Daniel O'Donnell, I mean, you know. But um, yeah, so the new iPad Pro. So this, this features a uh, new bevelless design uh, with flat sides, which just, to me is kind of reminiscent of the old iPhone Five. Now I kind of like this design, but uh, some people sort of find it dated. Um, there is two still two models. There's a uh, small model, the uh, which has a larger screen than the previous model, and uh, a larger model that has a sm- smaller overall um, size than the uh, than the previous model. So uh, yeah, it's either going up and going down and going down and going up. So uh, the main thing <laughs> is though so that uh, it's you know it's up to fifty percent more more powerful and features a new pencil and, and keyboard. Now, uh, the removal of the bevel around these models means that uh, instead of using your finger to, to open them up, uh, you use uh, Face ID. So you have to you know, present your face in front of it, uh, much like with the, the new iPhones and I think most Android phones. And uh, if it recognizes you, then, uh, then, then you're in. No more you know, having to stick your uh, sweaty prints on the, uh, on the side. So we're, 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 fi-
1: we're home buttonless now on the iPad. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, but we do not have a notch, I'm guessing.
3: No. Uh, and the slightly tricky thing with uh, face ID is if you're like a lot of artists, you draw with it just sitting on the table. You have to try and grab it and sort of uh, you, tilt it towards you, you mm-hmm. for it to recognize your face.
1: You have to do this with the phones if they're on your desk yep. as well.
2: Yeah. I've bought a special charger that angles it at the di- at the right angle for me, just so I can uh, look I at it and get, unlock yeah. it. Yeah, or I might handy. just
1: actually be cheap and just like wedge a piece of like cardboard underneath. It. Nice.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that, that was fine, except if you're that kind of artist who wants to have it flat on the desk because they like to draw mm, that way. Yeah. Um, now the old iPads were kind of curved at the back, so you could it made it easier. I think Johnny Ive, um, yeah, head of design at Apple, actually said that it was designed to make it feel kind of pick upable. This new one isn't isn't so much. Uh, so you know they've had to keep the back flat because there's a new keyboard that just works pretty much the same as the old one, but it just connects in a slightly different way. Um, also missing alongside the home socket is a uh, headphone socket. That's gone, as in the uh, iPhone, iPhone 10. Um Bravery. That's basically Apple telling you that you need to buy some wireless headphones like their own uh, AirPods, because now you've got different headphone connectors on your phone, because it's got lightning, on the iPad, because it's now got USB-C, and on your uh, um, uh, Mac, which probably got a standard headphone socket. So I
1: refuse to be cowed by Apple and, and spent the £9 on the oh, headphone know, yeah. adapter, because I like my cheap £19 Sony headphones.
3: <laughs> I think as though, I think I'm think i on my third one of those adapters because I've managed to lose all of them. Yeah,
2: yeah, they're very small. I leave them attached to old pairs of headphones and then I lose them and, and along with it goes the adapter. Right. But, but this could just
3: be me. I mean, Apple were kind enough to, uh, you know, with our review unit of the iPad Pro, they also loaned us a pair of uh, AirPods. And I'm, nice. it's, it's been a few days. And I'm pretty much, you know, I'm, I'm really surprised I haven't managed to lose any of those. So yeah, uh, nice. You know, wired technology is great for people like me who ever have putting things down and then going, <laughs> where did I leave that again? Or you know, just putting, slamming your bag into a uh, train compartment and oh, just yeah. uh, everything falling out. So, uh, but again, that that could just be me. Uh, the main thing about this, as we said about these uh, new iPad Pros, is that they are up to 50% more powerful than the, uh, than the previous model. Now, that doesn't make much of a difference right now. The apps that we have on the iPad are tuned for the current generation of iPads mm-hmm. and don't run any faster. Well, there's you know, no, absolutely no issues, really, with most of the ones we've tested from our apps, design apps, games. Um, but what this allows is it means that developers can start looking to the future. When, you know, we've seen demos of things, there, there was an NBA game, uh, which runs at very high resolution and has really kind of complex models of uh, all the players. Um, there's things like Photoshop for the iPad coming, which, you know, really can take advantage of this power. So it's merely a case of this is this is not powerful now; it's powerful later. The real innovation, I think, for for right now is the new pencil. This is slightly shorter than the uh, than the um, uh, the one with the previous model. The main thing the difference is with it is that it has one flat edge, so it no longer rolls off your desk. Which Ooh. is again, re- a lot of artists have come back and said that's brilliant. That's like a reason <laughs> to buy it because I, when I put it down, it stays where I put it down. Um, it also kind of has it's, it's slightly shorter but it's not any any lighter and this is good because actually if you're an artist or a designer you, li- you you like your kind of stylus or pen or pencil or paintbrush to have a kind of heft to it to have some weight to it because it actually mm-hmm. makes how you make your marks on the page um, better because you have more control over a heavier implement. This is why the Apple Pencil is so much better than the, um, you know, the, the Biro-like Microsoft Surface Pen or a lot of other kind of uh, styluses that we've, we've tried over the years. This is, this is a real kind of artist tool. It connects to the iPad magnet- magnetically. So again, you, if you stick it to the iPad or the fridge or wherever you happen to have some metal around you, it'll stay there. And it also, when you connect it to your iPad like that, it charges wirelessly. Another new feature... Is that it has? You can double tap on the uh, end where your your fingers sit on it, uh, which allows you to have you know to select, change between, say, a brush and a razor, or copy and paste, or you know, set off certain controls. Again, this is something where app developers are going to have to build support for it, but it's uh, you know, it's it's something which, you know, once that's built in, I think a lot of artists, a lot of designers, a lot of everybody who's wants to, ha- you know, be able to do more than just press this this thing onto the iPad and, and you know, push it around, you're going to get a lot more control with that.
1: So, Neil, let's talk about costs. Um, you, you mentioned the pencil, uh, the AirPods, uh, the keyboard, um, the iPad itself. I, I'm guessing we've got a pretty expensive set of kit here.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is not a budget, you know, the, Apple makes a budget iPad, um, which you can use with the old pencil or for children. Logitech make a very good crayon for, um, for, for those with less less manual dexterity. But yeah, this is a high-end device uh, and it costs that as much as you'd expect for that. You know, the, the, they're still selling the old 10.5-inch model for the same price. The 11-inch model is, you know, substantially more expensive than that. And then it's about, I think, about 200 quid more uh, for the 12.9-inch model. So
1: where does this come in? Is it between like 700 and 1,000 pounds? roughly
3: we'll cut that bit out i think no i'm guessing i'm guessing I'm
1: guessing it's there because like the as we'll talk about in a second the new macbook air is is about 1200 um usd so i'm guessing the ipad can't be about the same price point as that um and i think because of the power of it and the fact that it's got that keyboard is is they're really trying to present this as the budget laptop option now rather than actually producing a budget laptop is the way i see it
3: um, I think it's it's not so much about price. It's about what you want to do with it. If yeah. you want to do a lot of typing, you need a keyboard. Yeah. At which point, you need a laptop. If you are working away where you're, you know, what you want to work more visually, uh, and you want something where you've got a touch screen where you can move things around, whether you're building flowcharts, whether you're drawing, you're painting, or you just want something which is, you know, is, is a nicer experience to, to work with, then you know, the iPad Pro or the the cheaper iPad is, is perfect. The keyboard that comes with it is good enough. I certainly wouldn't want to write a two thousand words, you know, story no. or report or something like that on it. Um, you know, it's something where you know it's about what you want to do rather than how much you want to pay. They're basically you know equivalent in cost to a laptop, and just I've and just, just told as powerful. Out, by
1: the way, it's um it's seven six nine for the eleven inch, and it's nine six nine for the twelve point nine inch. That's so that's the base model, and that's yep. not including sixty four
3: gig in it, LTE or um. Uh, you know, the the different sizes. No one buys the cheapest model. Nice. So <laughs> it's going to be whatever, the, you, know, you know, if you're, if you're going to, whatever the, the, I'm trying to find out, what the, what the, what's the price of the 128 or two. Well, the
1: original iPad is now down to 319.
3: No, it's just the, the 10.5 inch, which is the iPad Pro. Yeah, that's 619. 619, which is the same price it was before. Yeah. Why is it not loading? I don't know, why is it, uh... it's just not having it.
1: Anyway, um, (laughs) so that's the iPad. Uh, I think um, it's quite clear, considering who your audience is, Neil, who this might be aimed at. uh, This is for creatives. I'm looking at their website now. It's photographers, it's artists, it's people that use the pencil. Is is that kind of how they presented it in New York?
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's something... But then they've always done that with the MacBook Pro as well. They say this is for artists, this is for designers, but there is also a substantial amount of people who are just working in business Mm. and want something that is powerful or want yeah. something that's makes them feel creative mm-hmm. or makes them you know it gives the, it's that aspirational value to, yeah. to apple products not everybody needs to be you know the next um you
1: know And neighbor yes
3: yeah it, uh, or you know need, you know, wants to be you know the next you know tom hovey who does all the artworks for bake-off but they'd all <laughs> like to think that they can be sure that that person they would all think they want to be that person so yeah and that allows them so alongside that they also announced a new mac mini which yeah some people are gonna be interested in but the one that really got everyone going was the the new macbook air
1: yeah this, this caught my attention um as i said to you earlier because of my twist feed i actually thought this was the main announcement not the ipad but um as you as you said earlier it was the other way around they kind of put this on at the end didn't they um but the reason this got my attention is selfishly that i'm i'm in the market for a new laptop and um I find the Apple uh, laptop range um, maddening, um, completely confusing. Uh, you've got kind of a you've got the, a, now what's called the original MacBook, which is basically the same size as a MacBook uh, Air, which is thirteen hundred dollars. Then you've got the MacBook Air now, which is twelve hundred dollars, so it's slightly cheaper. Um, and then you've got the MacBook Pro, which is sort of up there at the fourteen fifteen hundred. Um, so I. There's about, you know, 200, 300 pounds difference between all the models. And it, it's really difficult to make a consumer decision between any of them, I think.
3: Yeah, it's to do with the size and the weight and, and the color as well. I yeah. mean, one of the things that everyone was, was going bonkers for over in, uh, in New York was the rose gold version of the, the MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> when we went to a hands-on area to try the, try the products out afterwards... Half the people, you know, you could see there was like three different MacBooks Airs in a row. One rose gold, the other colors next to it. Everyone was clustered around the, uh, <laughs> the, the rose gold version trying to take photos. Maybe that's just New York. Maybe that's just the fashion crowd. But that's where, you know, you know and I think that's what people, they're looking at it as a piece of design, mm-hmm. as its aesthetics. People want the MacBook Air or the MacBook Pro, not because it's less powerful or cheaper because it's lighter and it's easier to sling in a bag. Yeah. If you want performance, but you're going to put up with it being you know, thicker, heavier, you know, harder to carry around, then you, you, know, you go for the Pro. That's why you know, a digital arts audience is always going to go for a Pro rather than an Air or a standard MacBook, because they need the performance that's there. If you are a traveling executive, business person, journalist, the MacBook Air is perfectly, perfectly good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also seems to be with Apple that they, you know, when they launch a new product, they will keep the older product there. It's, yeah, it's still so,
1: here on their site. So, um, and it, it's nine four nine for the the older MacBook Air. Um, but then the new ones now are either one one nine nine, so twelve hundred quid, or fourteen hundred quid um, if you're going to boost up the storage. Um, so that that's quite a hefty discount on the old on the old model. But as Apple know, their yeah. their consumers want the newest thing.
3: Mm-hmm. But also, it's it's about if you're going to replace like for like. I mean, if you're looking at that's the reason why the MacBook's still there. No one's probably going to go and buy it by their own choice because why would you? You just go and buy a MacBook Air. But if you're an organisation that has given MacBooks to a, a number of people and they just want to replace like for like, then then it's there. Yeah. It also also helps makes the new product look even better value and more powerful when <laughs> if you can compare it to the to the older one. But that's you know that's that's sales philosophy. That's for for another conversation. But it's you know. The, yeah. Well, what do you call go, it
1: anchor pricing?
3: Yeah, it's yeah. anchor pricing. It's going okay. This is how much it is for this thing. But if you only pay this little bit more, you can get all these wonderful things. Which yeah, yeah. Google it.
1: Um, <laughs> I just find it funny that the uh, the new MacBook Air um, is um, bigger and heavier than the MacBook. I just find that that <laughs> bizarre. Not very airy. Yeah. No. Um, so it's it's an inch uh, larger on the um, display, and it's also point um, four ish of a kilogram. So 400 grams um, heavier, um, but it's obviously uh, it's the power differential um, because it's the newer product that, that kind of marks it out. And then we assume that the MacBook will come on later and they kind of come in these weird truncated cycles.
3: If, if they do, I mean, it's yeah. been, a, what, how long? Four years since they last, launched uh, a new MacBook Air? Yeah, it's been and a you while. Know, and they, what they've added to it is actually, you know, you've got a retina screen, you've got the latest generation processors,
2: you've got a Touch pretty... ID. As I said, don't forget yeah. Touch ID. That's a pretty cool one.
3: Yeah, something they've kind of just taken away from the iPad Pro. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These <laughs> things come in cycles. It's, you know.
3: it's funny because,
1: like, obviously back in the day, the 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 laptop would be the most cutting edge, but now it's kind of there's a few lagging bits behind. that are lagging behind the phones, um, which maybe is a hint towards Apple's priorities.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, for me, I think it's the iPad Pro is the one that's kind of pushing the most boundaries at the mm-hmm. moment. But but that's the one that most innovation is possible. We're still, you know, with laptops, yeah, you know, not much has changed really. Yeah, We talk about like touch ID, but fingerprint sensors have been around in yeah. laptops since when was it? I don't know. Lenovo, probably, or I, you know, IBM ThinkPads back in the 90s had, uh, had, you know, fingerprint sensors too. Oh, that, they were horrible, though. Yes, they didn't really work. And, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, the, the laptops were incredibly ugly. And, you know, but the, the, the point being that it's there. The, yeah, if this is, none of this is fundamentally new technology in terms of how things be but the ipad pro is where they can really push things forwards where they can go actually we can innovate in a way that's going to be interesting and allow people to 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 do different things Mm -hmm. and also because it's a new generation of technologies there's a lot more flaws Mm -hmm. that they've discovered as time go on um, that they need to innovate on you know some of which is as simple as the fact that they realized that uh, people's pencils were, were rolling off the table. And so they create a new pencil, which has got a flat edge, so it doesn't. I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's more mistakes to be made and more things to be corrected and more things to be uh, improved on uh, with the new things, you know, with a new format like the iPad Pro than, than, you know, the laptop format, which has been around for 30 years, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, great. I think that is um, plenty of Apple chat. Um, but I did want to kind of get your feelings about the, the event in in its entirety and the, and the products were announced, was it generally a positive reaction or were people a, a tad disappointed? Um, how, how was the, the reaction to these Well, certainly the reaction
3: products? at the event was incredibly loud. I mean, Apple, you know, Apple events are known for whooping crowds. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe because it was in an opera house, it may be yeah. because it was in New York, Maybe it because they it loud.
1: the people that go.
3: Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it was the usual mix of journalists, celebrities. We saw Naomi Campbell there. It was, you know, it was it was a usual kind of, um, you know, usual Apple crowd. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you know, so far, and we, we, I've spoken to a bunch of artists who have, uh, you know, also received uh, iPads from Apple. Um, and they've all been un- overwhelmingly positive about it. They all love the drawing experience on it. They all love... You know, um the, the power of you know, they can see the potential of the power of the of the for the apps that they use. Um so I think it's you know, it's gonna go down well. Yeah. Um but I think at the moment people are gonna well probably wait off buying one for, for a little while, unless you are one of those kind of techno fetishists who has <laughs> to have the, the brand new product.
2: Why did you look at me when you said that? <laughs>
3: it's gonna to
1: happen to me I, I banged on about getting an iphone 10 for about a year and a half and then i finally did it last month and i'm gonna do it with this macbook air at some point i'm just gonna moan and bitch and whine about it for ages first
3: but i think when, it, when there's new versions of procreate when photoshop for the ipad comes out mm. that's when i think everyone's gonna leap on the new ipad Pro. yeah that's
1: a step change cool okay we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back and talk about red dead
0: it's that time of the year
1: I've been wanting to talk about this game for a long time. <laughs> oh, I know. You've been wanting to get your hands on it for a long time. You finally <laughs> did. Uh, it came out last Friday. Is that right? Last Friday? Uh, not the Friday, just gone Friday before. A couple of Fridays ago. ago. Yeah. Um, it it made the kind of splash that Rockstar would have wanted. Oh, yeah. uh, critics um, seem overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have been sinking hours into it. One of my colleagues has taken four days off work to play it. Uh, <laughs> how How are your sort of top line reaction to the game now that you've bi- had two
2: weeks of it I mean it is amazing like yeah. uh, in terms of open world games I've, I don't think I've seen anything quite as complex as what Rockstar has here I mean you know GTA 5 was an amazing open world game mm. and it felt really alive and, and Red Dead 1 was. and an yeah amazing. yeah Red Dead yeah exactly yeah uh you know both amazing open world games but Rockstar's taken that formula and kind of evolved it this time around so um you've got you know, you've still got like your main missions and stuff like that that you do. But um, in terms of stuff that you do when you're not doing missions, you can just kind of wander around and random events will happen to you depending yeah. on what, what, what you've done in the past. So I'll give you an example. I was kind of wandering through a forest and this um, gang kind of stopped me and they were threatening me. I oh, don't come through here, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know the kind of thing that Western happens in these stuff. games. Yeah, stuff happens out west. Yeah. So I was like, OK, 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 cool, cool, cool. And I turned around and I killed them all because I'm an outlaw and that's what you do. Um And I thought that was the end of it, but apparently not because I was riding along a few days later at night and um, I got jumped by a lot of them. And they sent like a flaming um, carriage towards me that blew up and it kind of sent me flying off my horse and I was by myself and they were just coming from all around me. And that was a retaliation because I killed them a few days before. And it's little things like that that really make you want to go out and explore the world because, you know, open world games have been around for ages, but I never really want to explore them beyond kind of going to the missions and doing the collectibles and stuff because... You don't really ever find anything that interesting, but this game, you do find interesting things around every corner.
1: Yeah, it's funny. The original Red Dead Redemption was a game where I would just kind of ride around on my horse, but it wasn't because interesting things would happen. It's just because it was so jaw-dropping to look at. Um, But it's nice now that you get um, kind of some additional stuff. It's interesting what you said in terms of the retaliation because that's one thing that I'm hearing a lot of with this game is that um, open world games have always been built on the promise that your actions have consequences, Mm -hmm but they haven't always done that. They've always no. tried to find a way to kind of make a linear storyline not feel linear. Yeah. But this one feels like it's slightly different and they've actually s- started to achieve a game where you um, your actions have consequences yeah. long into the game.
2: Yeah, so you've got like an honor system that you introduced to really early on, <clears throat> which will kind of rate all your actions as good or bad. And this will kind of form people's opinion of you uh, when you're kind of interacting in shops and stuff like that. So if you're good... Uh, and you kind of you get your rating up really high. When you go in shops, people might offer you discounts, be more friendly, kind of stuff like that. Whereas if you're uh, kind of a really bad outlaw, people will start to be more threatening towards you. And um, the opportunities that you get in missions will change depending on what happens. And as well as that, you do get to make um, choices in missions that reflect, uh, reflect not only the outcome of that mission but the overarching storyline as well.
1: Of course, if you um, kill someone off, they're probably not going to be um, an interesting character. in No, the exactly. Yeah,
2: do you know they. they this is what I do really like uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 for, because, you know, you've got a massive camp of outlaws that you start with, and it's, it's kind of got that Game of Thrones-esque feel to it, where they'll just kill people off for no reason. Like, mm. you know, there have been times where I was sat in a, in a, in a you know, just watching a cutscene, and it's just, boom, one gone, <laughs> boom, another gone, and you're like, hang on, wait, those you know, I'm, mates. I'm, what? <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's those moments that make you feel, yes, you know, this is a great game. But it doesn't carry on that way. Yeah, so you um,
1: the, the as i said said earlier the reviews and the reaction has been overwhelmingly positive but but you've got some reservations, right?
2: Yeah. Um i mean yeah, i've i've completed the main campaign in its entirety now. Well, um it took me quite some time it must have been yeah every kind it of evening, weeks, yeah, yeah, every about evening for years. about two weeks so yeah <laughs> it's gonna take a while <laughs> um but i mean for the most part you know it's a really really good campaign it's very varied you know uh, you know in these kind of games you can get stuck in a cycle of go somewhere shoot people up come back but um, in Red Dead Redemption, you'll be doing different things. like You can go fishing, you can go... I mean, you can rob trains and rob banks and all that kind of stuff, but you'll be doing more than just that. And it kind of gives it a variety, which is nice. And my he also... Bro- but- my brother, on that note, my brother told me at the weekend that he, um,
1: on Saturday night, got in after having a few beers and then got stuck into, I think, two
2: hours of poker oh in Red God. Dead on, in one of the taverns. <laughs> nice, yeah, because there's so many minigames. You've got like uh, uh, poker and dominoes and... Um, I can't remember what it's called, but you know where you put your hand on the table, you get your knife, and you kind of stab between yeah, yeah, your fingers, Yeah, so you got that as well, so you knifey can do that. Knifey stabby. Yeah, knifey stabby. <laughs> so you've got all these little things that you can do, as well as kind of the big missions, which is really cool. But I think, yeah, one of the things I really like about the campaign is that, it puts a focus on the characters themselves. Like you can go on all these optional side quests with the with your uh, members of your gang, so you can kind of learn more about their backstory and stuff like that. And It makes you care more about them in the main campaign uh, missions, and you know when they get injured and when you have to go and save them. You kind of you're more invested in it. But yeah, like I said, I, I'm not a huge fan of the late game gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't want to be too spoilery here, so I'm not going to go and drop in any any bombs. But basically, um, about three quarters of the way through the game, I'd say, you lose access to a hell of, of a lot of your stuff, like mm-hmm. horses and stuff like that. So, you know, there are some very rare horses in the game that you can, it can take hours to hunt down and, and capture. And once you've gone past this point, you've lost that. You have to go do all that again. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, you, it happens fairly late in the game. So you've done a fair old chunk of all the open world things and then it kind of feels a bit like a slap in the face Yeah. to the game. You know, you put all this effort in, all this time and then it's not really worth it because you have to do it all again.
1: Yeah. So, they, yeah, they've made some some creative choices which are kind of purposefully maddening. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's just, yeah, not a fan of that. I kind of did, did actually leave a, I mean, you know, you've still got all the other things you can do after, after the main um, campaign's done. You can go back and do all your side quests and you can go and repeat missions if you want to get the gold standard uh, for each yeah. one. You can go hunting and all that kind of stuff because there's over 200 species of animals. So, yeah. you know, hunting alone is going to take you ages to kind of uh, do everything. But yeah, left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. But gotta, gotta catch them all. I'm just waiting for Red Dead Online. That's gonna be what saves it.
1: Yeah, so so what's the what's the deal with Red Dead Online?
2: Um, there's no solid release date yet. Uh, a lot of people think it's going to be this week, but mm-hmm. I, I'm doubtful of that. Because... Yeah, we're recording on Wednesday,
1: by the way. This is probably coming out on
2: Friday, but yeah, yeah
1: no news as of yet. No.
2: Um, yeah, the people think it's going to be released on Friday because that's two weeks after the launch of the game. Mm-hmm. And with GTA five, there was a two-week break between GTA five that and GTA sense. Online. But prior to the launch of GTA Online, Rockstar released like a long uh, deep-dive trailer showing you all the kind of things that you can do in GTA Online and stuff like that. Haven't seen any of that for Red Dead Online yet. I mean, I know it's coming as a beta, but I feel like they're they're going to do something like that because they did it for the main game. So why wouldn't they do it for the online? And I don't think they'll do it with two days. You know, they won't release it two days before. They want to build that hype as much as they can. So it will be out by the end of November, but I don't think it'll be this week.
1: This is a really newbie question, but um, what does the online version of of an open world game like this look like?
2: uh basically the same as the offline it's a single player game so it's it's the entire world of red dead redemption 2 yeah. uh with people online i mean with with gta online i think it was like 30 people in a lobby sure. uh, i'm not sure about what the details are for, for red dead 2 because they haven't really announced anything about it yet um but yeah it'll be the entire open world map you can do uh, you can you can go to the shops and interact with i mean it's really interesting actually because unlike in gta online where you can go to a shop whenever you want day mm-hmm. or night um, in Red Dead Two, if it's night, you know, if it's the middle of the night, and you go to the market, you're not going to be able to buy stuff. Of course, they're asleep, so you have to wait until the morning comes before you can buy stuff. And, and you know, it's little things like that that kind of make the world feel a bit more real. But I think the highlight for most people is you know meeting up with your mates and riding across America and yeah. taking down outlaws. And there's there's uh, rumours about like a battle royale kind of mode coming to the online. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Um, so yeah, there's going to be some interesting things to do. But yeah, Rockstar's keeping quiet about what that's going to be.
1: Yeah, and and the world
2: itself I assume is is one of the biggest oh. sort
1: of open worlds that's ever been created
2: it's it's big yeah you know, it's big and it's varied I think is the key thing you know you can get really boring open world games where it just all looks the same but you know the graphics in this game just they're insane I'm running it on a ps4 pro and I, it looks like something you are getting out of a you know a high-end PC yeah. like you know the, the particle systems and everything just looks really realistic but the weather and the lighting just look just has that realism like you know you'll kind of get to the top of a mountain or top of a hill and you'll look down you'll see the kind of light streaming in and you've got right. like fog from the early morning kind of rising off the floor and it's just there have been quite a few moments in the game where I've kind of come out of a clearing and kind of seen this vista and just stopped and just you know taking screenshots and just be like wow yeah. this is an amazing game
1: because the original Red Dead Redemption had a had a, a really sort of beautiful world but it was very much the traditional idea of the sort of American West whereas this one I hear there's mountains there's streams yeah. there's woods yeah
2: it's really varied you've got kind of like snowy mountains mm-hmm. um, and you have to change your clothes depending on where you are as well yeah. so if you're up in the, in the freezing cold mountains you can't be walking around in a t-shirt because you'll no. freeze to death uh, so yeah you've got like swamps and snowy areas and deserts and forests and and all, you know, all these different areas or have different kind of animals that you can hunt so you've got alligators in the swamps and you know that kind of thing and that kind of helps make the world feel more alive because you can be wandering through a swamp and get attacked by an alligator or wander through a forest and get charged at by a bear you know you're always on edge that something's going to be coming to kill you if even if it's not an outlaw fair
3: i mean you mentioned it being you know looking like a high-end pc game on your ps4 pro yeah but it's not available for pc no is it it just is
2: it just for it's just consoles for now but i mean that are they going to do a pc version that was the same that was how gta 5 launched it was consoles only for about a year and then it came to pc later um there are rumors didn't didn't it no red i don't think red dead redemption ever came to pc but i feel like with what happened with gta 5 they'd be silly not to do it with uh red dead redemption 2 well,
3: as a pc gamer yeah get on with it get huh. just gimme i mean you're selling <laughs> it you've sold it to come me <laughs> just rockstar get your ass in gear and, i think yeah, the main the, the main thing i'm
2: really because i saw a rumour about this because i mean it's, it's been rumored for ages that it's going to come to pc eventually but the latest rumor is that it could offer vr support because um red dead redemption 2 has a, a first person mode for the entire game and it does look amazing but I'm so pumped about the prospect of possibly exploring that in virtual reality. Because, yeah, it's just one of the most amazingly gorgeous detailed games I've ever seen in my life. And to experience that in VR would be amazing. Now, often when you have of
3: the consequences of your actions in games, it's quite clearly signposted what those are going to be. Yeah, of in the you know, sort of better you know, some of the best kind of like narrative games, things like Life is Strange, mm-hmm. you don't know what the outcome of your action. You can't even work out what you're yeah. out, so it feels yeah. more like a kind of moral choice, yeah, a decision to make. Where on that spectrum does it does the new version, you know, Red Red Redemption Two, sit?
2: I mean, you kind you can kind of work out um, what's the good option and what's the bad option because uh for on playstation anyway generally speaking the good option is always square and the bad option is always circle right. but you don't know what will come from those decisions um and yeah it can be it can be quite misleading Sometimes times i thought selecting one would do one thing and it just completely did something else and i was like no no, no i didn't want that but yeah. you know too late now <laughs> yeah um
1: i wanted to talk about another aspect of this game um, which might not be as fun, but um, I was quite taken um, by the story um, that came out just around release time in in Kotaku about the kind of the culture at Rockstar that that produced this game. Yeah. Um, the culture of crunch, which was not the a term crunch. that I had heard of before, but I'm sure as a as a games journalist you'd yeah. heard before. Um, it sounds like this obviously um, was an extreme example, but obviously this is an extreme game. Yeah. I mean, this exactly. Is, yeah. It's a massive. A it's a game that needed a huge amount of effort and, and man hours to to be produced. Were you kind of surprised by that story and the content of that story in terms of the hours these people were working and the culture that rockstar had
2: can't say i'm surprised in the slightest no it's not unique to rockstar like you know all these companies have crunch if i have a crunch time just before release you know who wants to push the game back again you know especially if it's been pushed back like two or three times like red dead has it was yeah um you know you don't want to do that. that's your last resort so obviously the only thing is to do is to get people to work a bit harder.
3: or hire more, people. Or I mean, hire more th- people. I mean, this is something that happens in the visual effects industry. Mm-hmm. It happens in software development. It happens in a lot of industries. Mm-hmm. The one area, the areas where it doesn't happen, is things like film production, where everyone's unionized. Yeah. And yeah. the best way to f- because the best way to fix it is if everyone in those industries joins a union. Yeah. I and do- then companies will have be forced if they want to get it out on time, hire more developers, yeah. hire more artists, hire, you know you know pay them overtime.
1: I think that's the thing that was maddening for a lot of people at Rockstar is that um, some people were contractors and some people were salaried and the contractors got paid overtime and the salaried people didn't, but they yeah. were working the same 10, side. 12 yeah. hour days. Um, it, I think if anything comes from this piece, um, it might be a levelling of the playing field. Um, but as you said, unionisation is the is the clearest way to achieve that.
2: I do think it's bad form from Rockstar to remove the credit of anyone that leaves before the game came out. That's just petty, isn't like, that it? That is just petty. Yeah, so... Yeah, any anyone that didn't wasn't there until it went gold. End. Yeah. Their name's not on the credits.
1: I did think um one thing that was really interesting, um, like insight into the industry was uh the the opening line of the Kotaku piece um was about uh they decided quite late into development that when they did the cut screens they the sorry, the cutscenes, they wanted to have it shot in like a letterbox, yeah. old school cinema yeah. style. And it's like, okay, yeah, as a creative decision, that's yeah. a really cool idea. But then as a game developer, you look at that and you're like Oh my god! Internally I have to screaming. Everything. Yeah,
2: every single cutscene has it's to be not, re-edited.
1: Yeah, it's not quite as easy as just adding some some black lines. No, into the exactly. Screen. Yeah,
2: because you have to reframe it because the black bars might carve something you might need to see, and all oh, those kind of fun things that you don't really think about. <laughs> yeah, so
1: I think it, it's one worth keeping an eye on to see if um, if that does have any impact on the industry and if any changes do uh, do come from it. Um, I think final final thoughts on the game. Um, you're overwhelmingly positive. Is there anything else about the game that kind of blew you away? Um, that's that's unlike any other game that you've played before.
2: Ooh, that's a good question. I think it's just the way that the world feels lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of you know they like, they recorded over 500,000 lines of audio of dialogue just for kind of the NPCs and stuff like that. So when you're walking along, you know wherever you are in this open world, you will not hear the same bit of audio is repeated twice and you know it's not that thing where if you kind of stay in one area in an, in an open world game you'll hear the you know the conversations will start to cycle you'll hit the end and it will start back at the beginning it's just yeah. like you know it gets really annoying yeah. but that doesn't happen in red dead 2 you know they'll carry on the conversations they'll walk off they'll go somewhere else all these npcs have lives you can see them walk into places you can see them going and doing their things and it'll change between day and night and you know it just and they'll respond to you you know how you're acting if you shoot if you're being threatening if you're being kind and friendly they'll respond to you differently and yeah it's that contextual menu where you can choose to rob greet confront uh, depending on what's happening um yeah just you know it makes the world feel so alive cool
1: right that's enough for us this week uh thank you as always for listening uh thank you guys thank Thank you. you see you next week
0: uk tech weekly podcast